Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. It's Wednesday. Today, uh, we're going to continue the conversation from last week, which was ARIO properties and how to work with asset managers from the ARIO companies. My name is Ogi Penef, and my co-hosts today are Luigi DiCaprio, the famous <laughs> book writer. And I uh, know Luigi is a long friend of mine that for 10 years, and he wrote this amazing book on uh, world-class class REO agents. So you guys, um, if you want to learn a lot more about REO business, you got to get the book. Another person, a good friend of mine today, Jason Torman. And I was just asking him, Jason, how many REOs have you closed? Worldwide. Not Worldwide. Just, <laughs> not California. Probably 1,500 or so. 1500. Oh my God. All right. Cool. All right. So the idea of this, these two um, podcasts was to introduce you to how to work with the banks and kind of a set of the base rules of how to communicate and what to do with the asset manager so it can help them. And they like you and they give you more business. Of course, there's a lot more into the REO business. So if you want to really learn more, Take some additional training. Uh, some of you that with EXP, I know that there's a, a ARIO training that is, exists with, uh, within the company. Also, get Luigi's book or reach to people like Jason, me, or Luigi for a little more information. So um, I, will, I will share my screen so we can continue with the ARIO rules. Last week, we did... 10 rules, and this week we're going to do 10 more. So Luigi is going to be helping me, commenting, and Jason will be the judge, <laughs> saying if it's good or bad. All right, Luigi, um, I sent you the rules. What do you think? Are they going to good? Let me share my screen. I have one minute to talk until I set up my screen. <laughs> Yeah, so why he's setting up a screen? A lot of this is just plain old common sense. Well, it's common sense from our side, but realize a lot of times from the REO side, the asset manager side, uh, it doesn't make sense. Yet you still do it. And I keep saying that is that you got to realize is um, they look at a bigger picture and they look at a bottom line, right? So, so like you may be thinking, God, they're losing all this money. But in reality, it makes their bottom line look better the way that they're handling it. Do you agree, Jason? 100%. Yes, sometimes it's speed, not um, cost for them. They'll, in the long run, they'll make more money if they sell them quicker. So Right. Also, also you run into where, where it, it's, this, yeah, it's season. I actually had one where... Um, it, I got this thing. I, I estimated worth about four twenty, and they brought it on the market at two ninety nine. And I, I just like what? So it, it ended up selling for four thirty five. The whole reason was it was in their inventory for such a long time that they wanted to get it out because it made them look bad. 
Would you would you say that some of these rules would apply to the regular business, like talking to sellers, maybe? Oh well, rule number eleven. If you get it up. <laughs> okay. All right. No. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> all right, guys. I'm up just please. stalling till you get your list up here. Everything started with I wanted to present my twenty ARIO rules that they put together in 2010 when the ARIO uh, is booming was booming, and I wanted to teach you how what to do with the um, the ask managers. The last week uh, we did ten rules. So if you haven't watched the video, go back. I'm sure we can put a link um, in the Facebook or uh, on YouTube. And today we're gonna continue with the rest of the 20 rules. And now we're going to number 11. All right, number right. 11. Number 11 should give up, uh, uh, let's see, number, I should read it off the, advise your AMs what will happen in the next two weeks with the open, with open escrow. So in the first, last week, we talked about that the asset managers, they work and they get paid on performance. So they get bonuses on every time they close um, a sale or they, they uh, sell a REO property. They get a bonus if it closes on time. So on time means within the month. So in order to help the asset manager properly time frame their bonuses or their closings, you have to keep them updated on what's going to happen in the next two weeks so they can plan it accordingly. So they can push certain aspects or know that they're not going to be closing. They, 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 so they can push in certain different direction. <laughs> so what Arky means yeah. here is, is, is that you're, you're going to update them every week, yet it's, it's good to, to push out that this, this is happening this week and this should happen next week. So, so basically you're in contact with them every week with a two year, a two week, uh, ahead of, of what's supposed to happen. Yeah. Do you, do you guys know how they get, how, what's the most common bonus structure for AMs? Jason, have you have ever talked about that with the asset managers? I, I don't, I think it's different now. I think it used to be based off of like how many deals they closed at a quota every month, but obviously now there's not as much volume. So it's probably per file now is my guess. Got it. All right, so number 11, make sure you asset manager, you update them every week, what's gonna happen in the next two weeks so they can properly um, structure the bonuses or the closings for the month, All right? Now we're going to number 12. So seeing, what am I seeing here? Uh, uh, Jason, are you seeing the live screen? Yeah. Oh, I'm seeing the inducing, introducing Zomap. Okay, something's weird here. So the main thing of these rules is to introduce you to how the asset managers work and think because ARIO business is highly high volume business with multiple emails, multiple taskings, multiple phone calls. The main thing is for you to help your asset manager get things done and not to waste their time. That's a really important. Do not waste your asset manager's time. Your asset manager, even some, a lot of them do not have real estate licenses. However, they have a huge experience in real estate, 
especially with audio business. So you don't need to waste time and lecture them or teach them how real estate is done. And um, if they don't need you, they don't ask for your opinion, don't waste your time. Don't write long emails explaining how things work. They already know it. So number 12, make sure you save your assets manager time by not writing long emails and uh, bore them with real estate cliches. So. The really point here is that you're not sitting there telling them how to do their job. They already know how to do their job. And if anything, it would just aggravate them. Um, um, yeah, so they like to have control of what's happening with their assets. And I'm correct, right? They don't have licenses, most of them, right? Or Most of them don't, no. No, okay, All right. cool. All right, now we're moving number 13. So address your questions by email to the right person in the asset management company and copy your asset manager. So in order to be efficient and get a quick answer, you need to know that um, the, asset, uh, the asset management companies, they have different departments. And because of the, the large volume of properties and tasks, each department handles different aspects of the transaction. And a lot of the times the asset manager do not know what's happening with the other side of the transaction, like uh, escrow, you know, title department or something about the billing and reimbursement. So when you have a question about your personal transaction, you have to direct the question directly to the department or the person that handles the task, not your asset manager. However, you still have to keep your asset manager informed of what you're asking and what's going on, but do not direct the question, the question directly to them. Just copy them, copy them on the email and find out who is the right person that can solve your problem. Either the closing department, eviction department, billing department. Right. And so what, what Augie is talking about is, is most of the platforms you go on and you're going to send an email or somebody has sent you an email. It, all these things are going through a platform. So it, it, it's not like they're sending an email and only you and them see it. Very rarely does that happen unless you're doing something that you don't want everybody to know about. But we won't talk about that. But uh, basically, all these platforms have a drop down on the email and it's got all the department department. It's got the escrow. It's got uh, the preservation company. It's got, it's got the head person of the whole department. So you don't go through and mark everybody and everybody gets it, put it to what pertains to. And, and a lot of times I always include the asset managers so they know what's happening, but yet the question is going to like the property preservation people or the escrow or the HOA person, or they got spilled out. I mean, they have like 10 or 15 people sometimes that you could email to. Gotcha. All right. Moving to number 14. Always acknowledge the receipt of, important documents, emails, some of the requests. So this is also to keep your asset managers um, updated. Remember, sometimes they're handling anywhere from two to 500 properties. They, they don't have the time or you don't want them to waste time constantly asking you what's going on. So once they send you something important, 
really quickly just respond, got it, I'm on it, it will be done or something in that matter. So they know that you are taking care of that request. Of course, do not do this for every email. Just do it for something that it really matter, it's really important, and really the, the whole transaction depends on it. So just have to decide with, um, how to save time. No comments, Luigi? Come on. You can... <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty simple. <laughs> pretty simple, right? It's nothing... You were so complete. I didn't have to say anything. Oh, my God. I'm getting better. Okay. <laughs> I got a compliment from Luigi, the coach. All right. Cool. All right. Number 15. Make your comments the most important part of the BPO. BPO is broker price opinion, and this is always done from the listing REO agent prior to listing the property. The BPO, the broker price opinion, is the document that informs everybody up the chain, asset manager, uh, the asset manager's manager, the client, the bank, the CEO of the bank. Everybody reads the BPO. So the BPO has a lot of numbers, a lot of adjustments, comps, and everything. However, the most important thing for me in the broker price opinion is your personal comments. You have to paint the picture and you have to explain in details what you see and what you recommend. This way, when the, the asset manager reads it, they get a really good idea of what's going on. Also, the second thing is the pictures is the next important thing for the BPO. Right angles, as many as possible, point in the things that you want the asset manager to see, close views. And if you wanna take it further, if there's a way, do a video. Take a video of the property, upload it somewhere, get the link, and send the link to your asset manager. So if there's something weird, they can see it. For example, I got a property with a bunker. You know, the, the previous owner had digged a bunker under the garage and he was growing weed. It was very hard to explain. So I had to take a video and walk them through how, you know, the double wall, wall opens up, how we go down the, the stairs under the house and you can see the, the growing structures and everything. So, all right, Luigi, what do you think about the BPO? What's the most important uh, thing? Okay, this is where you're gonna make it or fail. I mean, this is where everything happens. If you do a proper BPO, the whole transaction will go smoothly. And what I'm talking about is like Augie's saying, is that write out exactly what's happening, be as thorough as possible, because believe it or not, the asset manager has to write a report. And, and, and send it up to the chain of what, what is the best thing to do? Should we fix it? Should we sell it as is? What's wrong with it? Is there mold? So when, when you do a BPO, it is in the very beginning when you have not the drive-by because the drive-by, you just drive by and you assume what it looks like. But when you're doing an interior BPO, the first one on an asset is, is you got to be as thorough as possible. Like uh, most of the ones that actually do rehab and stuff, 
I have my contractor go out and, and he writes up everything what needs to be done, what's wrong, everything. So the more complete you are with the BPO, the easier this transaction is going to be. If, if you slough it and you don't mention about the, uh, the, the, the discoloration or the water in the basement or the water heater not strapped or, or the missing uh, smoke detectors, if you miss this stuff, it's going to cause problems down the road because it's stuff you need, but they don't know it because you have not this, uh, given them this information. So uh, doing a BPO is like the most critical part. It's also when you're figuring out what's wrong with it, you have to give what's this property worth when it's, when it's fixed up, what's it worth as is. So you literally have to be more than a realtor. And that's why I use my contractor a lot. And actually you have to give estimates of what it's going to cost to fix this property in the BPO. So, so you got to be as thorough as possible when you're doing that first BPO because everything's going to go off of that. And and I said everybody reads the BPO. Um, sometimes I don't think anybody reads the BPO. <laughs> BPO <and something> else. <laughs> if, let's let's put it this way: if something goes wrong, they go back and they read your BPO. Right. So right. make sure make sure you did the right thing, Jason. You're what do you think? It's the most important step. Jason, you agree? It's probably I do. I do. You can spend all day on this. And honestly, too, they're going to hold your foot to the fire on your values. So make sure, you know, if you're saying it's worth 300 grand and they list it for 300 grand and it's not selling, best be sure they'll probably reassign the property and give it to somebody else. So, so Jason, you you're saying that the, the, the asset management companies keep scoring of what you suggest the price is. And once it's close, they see if you're close to that closing ratio. Yeah. So you got to make sure you're, you're right on this. And then when uh, Luigi said discoloration, just, so you know, that's mold. We don't, you don't, you're not, never say mold to the bank. Always yeah, say we're not licensed. You can't say mold. <laughs> so All right, guys, to- let's go to the number 16. All right. Check, double check and triple check your contract before sending for signature. Pay attention to details, dot your I's, cross your T's. All right, what I mean here is the REO business, it's not like a regular listing. It's a highly administrative work. It has a lot of contracts, a lot of addendums, a lot of special verbiage that has to go in the contract. For example, HUD contracts have to be in um, bloop ink, for example, and certain things have to be done the proper way. Otherwise, the, the contract will not be executed, will be kicked back, and you're going to be wasting a lot of time for your asset manager and for yourself, of course. So before you send anything to be signed from your asset manager or the manager to execute the offer, make sure you have a full package. And remember, Different asset management companies have different rules and they have different guidelines, different contracts. So you have to learn them all. So yeah, we had problems with that, Luigi. No, not at all. And in fact, a lot of times you get your, your contract and, and in reality, you know, that contract doesn't really mean much because they're going to send back their contract that the buyer has to sign. And so the more you prepare the buyer's agent to what to do, like, like, 
in your uh, documents or, or whatever that you attach the MLS, like um, this asset company never fixes anything. Uh, this asset company uh, expects if your cash to close in 20 days, if you're da, 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 if you're FHA, they'll give you 45 days. Uh, basically, uh, they don't do home warranties. Uh, they don't do contingencies. If you have a list of things that that the buyer agent can look at and know that, well, I better not ask for this because they won't do it. Because basically, almost everything is thrown out on the contract when they bring out their contract. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. kind of what they go off of more than your the contract that you give them. And so, yeah. We, can I jump in? Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, too, when you're doing you know the contracts, like say you have a Bank of America property. Once that Bank of America signs that package, generally what I do is I'll save that as like a rule of thumb. That's like my sample package. So anytime we're going to open escrow on a Bank of America house, my assistant will like look at that, verify that it's in the perfect order. Everything is layered properly. And we'll keep that one for Fannie Mae, one for every bank, just kind of as a guideline. If we're ever like, how does this, you know, Bank of America do the contracts. It's easy, go in the Dropbox, find, pull up that file, and we just layer it page by page by page. So it's just perfect. So I think that's a good you and know, rule of thumb to do in the future. This rule doesn't, this doesn't apply only for contracts. Remember, with ARIO properties, we have to do cash for keys, and we have to do some other doc documents that we provide information for the property, bids, um, uh, um, payments for to contractors all these documents have a certain rules and you have to make sure you know the whole process so you and uh, you save time and money for yourself so so really realize is that yeah it's complicated a lot of things have to happen you have to do a lot of things you're you're totally scored on everything you do whether it, if you mess up the contract or something wrong it affects your score uh yet it's the same thing over and over and over again. Like each company has their set of rules. And if you know them, you're never going to have a problem, right? You could have your checklist to make yeah. sure like yeah. the name has to match the contract on the name has to match the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the name on their contract. So, but it's the same thing over and over again. So it's not like, like you're always trying to guess. It's 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 easy when you realize it. Example, B of A used to give out all their assignments on Friday, right? And and part of their thing is that you had to have the BPO in within three days. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So basically every time you get all these B of A assets, you were sitting there doing BPOs over the weekend when you'd rather be off or showing property or whatever. Yeah. So, so we would get them on Friday. We have 24 hours to re respond back. So then we'd, we would respond back B of A on Saturday. So we didn't have to get the BPO done until Monday when, when everybody comes to work. So it, it's, it's, you can work this system. That's really easy. If you, you know what you're doing and you have your checklist. Got it. Okay. All right. So moving to number 17. And I think this is my favorite. I think Luigi mentioned it a little bit ago that uh, we're not just real estate agents. <laughs> we have a lot more. Um, do not say it's not my fault or it's not my job. Just get it done. With REO properties, you're going to do a lot more than just listing 
in negotiating a contract. There's a lot more. You need to know construction. You need to know how to deal in tough situation. You need to know eviction laws. You need to know um, bookkeeping. So there's a lot of things that go with the REO business. It can make a lot of money, but you cannot say it's, it's not my job. Find somebody else. You're not going to be successful in the REO business. Just get it done. Oh, you just won't get any more assets. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's really easy. Uh, yeah. It is your fault. It's your asset. So just get it done. All right. Number 18. Do not question the listing price, even if it's far away from your suggested BPO price. All right. So can you comment on this one? It's great. Yeah, that's the comment. Just don't question it. <laughs> yeah, no. well, like, like why, why is this happening? You know, a lot of when a Deutsche Bank used to get their assets, and they'd be ridiculously overpriced from what your BPO was because they didn't want to take hits, and, and so you ended up having these assets for a long time. And sometimes that happens. Although in reality, in in the year twenty twenty one, they've learned a lot. And they're kind of more like they look at what the value of the property is. I don't see that much of them really overpricing anymore. Um, so um, they are definitely a lot easier to work with now than than they were back in 2008, seven and eight. Totally. Yeah. Different, yeah. Let me tell you. I, remind me, uh, I think Fannie Mae had a, um, what was the, the pricing, premium pricing policy? It was like Whatever was over BPO or something. So yeah, BPO, BPO they do BPO, they do an appraisal, and whichever it's higher, they listed 10% on top of that. Automatic. And, uh, yeah. Automatically. And back then it wasn't easy to sell properties. It had so many and it, it's just always your fault why it's not selling. I just, it is what it is. So you need to know the policies, you need to know the procedures. So don't question it. You cannot change it. Right. So, so, so talking on the, on the BPO, you get scored on everything you do, guys. It's, it's like being in grammar school. You know, you want to get that gold star on your forehead <laughs> for having everything right because you get scored on everything. And a problem I ran into, and it affected my score a lot. In fact, it was, it was a lot. Uh, is doing BPOs for so long, I would always go to the lowest price, lowest price, lowest price. Guess what? The market changed and now multiple offers and all this other stuff and prices are a lot higher. So my BPO score really fell because of my old habit of always going to the lowest price. So I actually had to change my mind thought about, okay, because of the market and everybody overbidding, I need to go to the high price uh, on, on my BPO. So know yeah. your market. I mean, it, it, if your market's hot and you know it's going to go higher or people are over overbidding, stay to the high side. It, when we get back into the old ways, when it's down uh, the, uh, you only get one offer and you're happy that you got an offer, then maybe yeah. go. Those. Yeah. So, <laughs> Be careful. Don't question things. Just just get it done. So now we go into 19. So 19 is, of course, remember, you're more valuable to an asset manager if you solve problems. And in addition to solving problems, you're solving them time. So bring everything to your asset manager on a silver platter. Tell them what the problem is. 
Tell them what you researched about it. Tell them what the cost is going to be to fix it. Tell them the different options they have, the possibilities, the outcomes, and what could be the results. And put this in one email or one phone call, whichever works better for the asset manager. No, 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 no. You put an email. You don't, anything you say on the, on a phone call that has any meaning at all, you back it up with an email. Your email is what saves your butt. So use email because it could be um, saved and could be approved that you advise to the proper um, things that you, you want yeah, to get. Online. Email, cover your butt because verbal doesn't stand up anywhere in the REO business. So now the last one, manage your asset managers, not the other way around. They're managers, but they don't have time. You're going to be very valuable if you actually help your asset managers and tell them, uh, tell them what to do, how to do it, and what's next. You practically manage them, manage their business, and help, help them get the bonuses and close their deals. So be proactive. Perceive information. Be self-directed. Don't wait to be told what to do. Advise and consult. Educate and guide. Be involved in the decision-making. Accept high responsibilities. And this is the highest level of service you can provide to an asset manager. Just make sure you're helping them. Um, manage their business, not them manage you and tell you what to be done. It needs to be done. So, 20 so rules. I'm That's here. about it. Your asset manager. No, I get to talk. We got three minutes. <laughs> okay. You have one minute to close. Okay. Bottom line is, is your asset manager may have three or 400 files on their desk. The more you do, the more you don't have to be directed. They don't want to direct you. They want you to do what needs to be done, period. Because they don't have time to sit there and tell you how to do something, guys. You need to know what to do and do it. Jason, any closing? Sorry, I was muted. No, was, I think you guys got it all. I think that was right. Still it. Perfect. All right, guys. Ario business could be very rewarding. You just need to learn a lot. Buy the Luigi's book. We're going to put it in the comments, link to it. And um, uh, again, reach out to Jason, me, Luigi, anyone that has yes. experience in Ario business will be happy to help. Um, maybe do we have time for one question or anybody has a question for Luigi or me? Or can you put Jason? your contact information in the chat too? Luigi, can you do that please? And I think we're going to post this on the Facebook group too. So you'll be able to reach out to Luigi over there. Where do I put it? <laughs> in, in the chat box. But if you, do, if you don't do it, I think because the chat is going to be raised, we're just going to do it in, uh, in the Facebook group. Okay. Yeah, I'll tag, uh, I'll tag Luigi when I post this. All right. Thanks, Zach. All right, guys. Thanks for being with us. Uh, we'll see you next next uh, tomorrow, eight, 8 o'clock for another Agent Power Huddle. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.